what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig, and this is your show for March 16th, 2021. Oh my god, it's our COVID anniversary, everybody. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary, COVID! Based on how many people are making anniversary jokes about COVID on Twitter... Uh, It sounds like COVID is cheating on everybody. It sounds like COVID can't stop getting its dick sucked. Good for them. This episode, this show, we've got Scott Zolak. Boom. Fun. I don't have him. He's not on the show. Nobody's agreed to come on this show besides comedians. And I will never get a backup quarterback. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I keep messaging people. No one's responded. I've messaged like 40 people. It's it's never going to happen. But if you know a backup quarterback, I mean, he had to... If you know a quarterback you think will do this show, don't even bother unless they really suck. Like, they had to have been on a practice squad for two days. I think I'll get that person. And I will. I also will have had to go gone to high school with him or something. So, anyway, Scott Zolak, we talk about him on the show. Pats fans, hang on for that. No guests on the show because, you know, I'm enough. I'm enough. Just me. Rob Stern drops in for a second for a little bit. You can follow him at at the Rob Stern. I got a merch store up right now. Sold some items this past week. I would love to sell more, guys. All you have to do is go to erichelwig.com and click on merch, and then you'll be taken away to the store at Bonfire. I made all that shit, guys, huh? I'm not a graphic designer. I think it looks pretty good. Go and check it out. You can get a coffee mug for 35 bucks. That sounds worth it. Comedy festivals are coming back, too. I thought I'd tell you about that. Uh, No dates announced yet, but a few that I got into for 2020 are now starting to reschedule for 2021. So once those are confirmed, they will also be at erichelwick.com. Review this show, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Look at some of the people that wrote reviews after my last episode, huh? Jillian G11 says, authentic show that is fun and informative. I'm worried about Jillian G because this show is not informative in any way. So, uh, no, you're wrong. Uh, Cookin13 said, great podcast, definitely take a listen. Cookin13. Hopefully it wasn't Army Hammer. He wasn't cooking up a tit. Uh, <laughs> I might have to do another take of this. Enjoy the show, everybody. It's a fun one. Thanks for being with me. This is Bringing the Backups with Eric Helwig. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, people. I'm back for a solo episode. That's right. No guest this week, huh? Fuck having a guest. Come in here and talk to somebody about their feelings. My last guest. My last guest? My last guest. I'll go ahead and throw T's on the end of words for this podcast. My last guest was Brendan Sagalow, and uh, he convinced me to meditate. If you listened to last episode, huh? little plug. The episode I dropped two weeks ago. You can miss me to meditate. I've meditated a handful of times in my life. Let's say 10 times. And I've cried 100% of the time. Do you guys cry when you meditate? I don't know any other way. Like it's as soon as like, if you just give me like a, like the sound of a waterfall and some chick telling me that I'm safe, I'll cry. What I used to do when I first moved to L.A. is I used to go to hot yoga across the street from my old apartment. And I would just lay with 
my back against the floor and cry, but it was hot yoga, so everybody's sweating, so I thought, like, oh, you can't tell that I'm crying. People would just think I'm sweating on my face. So, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not ashamed. I feel like if you got to cry, you got to cry, and I try to do it in ways that aren't too humiliating or aren't in front of other human beings, you know? Like my wife or my therapist. These aren't people that deserve to see the inside of me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, they deserve it. My wife deserves to know what's going on inside of me. I just don't, you, I, I don't like feeling that open. Here's the thing. Like, I'll cry in a movie. I'm not like I can't cry, like, in front of people. If there's a movie on or something or whatever. It's like when something is personal or hurtful to me, that's between me and and the water running in the shower, all right? I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago. There's a band called Beach House. I mean, those those ladies, they know how to pull a tear out of your boy. That's that's what they do. So yeah, shout out and if if, if you're if you're looking to for a push into meditation, I'd say uh listen uh to the podcast I recorded 2 weeks ago and then push yourself off a bridge because you're not going to do it okay you don't have it in you <laughs> oh man fun week man i uh i'm i'm getting i'm getting better by the way later in this show i should i should i gotta learn to promo the show i gotta structure the show that's what you people want you want to know what's coming huh you gotta know exactly what you like there's got to be beats huh but this episode we're going to be talking about scott zolak and I know what you're thinking, yes, he's very successful, the voice of a region for Patriots fans. I ain't talking about that. I'm not talking about, you know, where's the beef. I'm talking Scott Zolak, the football player. I'm talking Scott Zolak, the Maryland Terp that couldn't beat out Neil O'Donnell until he graduated. I'm talking football, not very good, Scott Zolak. That's our quarterback. Our guest for the day is no one, me. It's going to be me today, huh? If I'm not enough for you, turn it off. And then we do have a buddy dropping by later for one of our pre-planned bits. Jeez, say that five times faster, am I right? One of those goofy actor workouts. Unique New York. Unique New York. Pre-planned bit. Actually, it's not that hard now that I do it compared to something else. Anyway, Rob Stern drops in. If you want to support the people who come on this show, the artist I collaborate with, you can follow at the Rob Stern on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, I guess I had a good week. Um, I went to the doctor a bunch. I go to different doctors now. Like I never, I didn't take care of my health for uh, thirty-five years, and I've realized in the last ten months that I'm dying. So now I go to now I'm now I'm like dealing with the celiac stuff I've complained to you about. I'm dealing with plantar fasciitis, so I like went to the doctor to get insoles today. I'm going to a, a skin doctor to get moles removed. I'm just like falling apart. I'm I'm like I'm like RoboCop if he was a fat depressed machine. <laughs> That's basically I'm like. Citizen, I can't get out of bed. That's me. I'm uh, the shittiest version of RoboCop. I remember when I was a kid, my grandmother had to get a new knee. 
And I was like, does that mean she can like kick through walls now? And it was like, no, it just meant she didn't take as long to go down the stairs to the basement with laundry. <laughs> they don't give you like the coolest shit if you're not famous. I remember my uh, a buddy of mine, I almost said my brother. I just say my brother. My brother tore his knee up. He was a college athlete. Uh, or I should say this was in high school. He was going into college and he, he could have played. And uh, he's a great soccer player. And he had like military insurance. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, he's going to get Kobe surgery. He's going to have, like, German chemists, like, over his knee, creating new things to make his knee better than it ever was. You know, like, just everything you read about when professional athletes hurt themselves. Now, he just got, like, a thing in his knee, and there was, I remember there was, like, a bolt in it. There was, like, a bolt in his knee that you could feel with your finger. He just has, like, a, he's like an Allen wrench, just like they screwed his knee back on. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, I guess if you're not famous, you don't get, like, top-notch shit. So anyway, I'm at the age now where like a lot of the solutions are like it's gonna, just going to hurt forever now. There's no more It's clearly physically I've peaked, which is sad because I there was never like a, a mountaintop to really feel like I'd hit a great crescendo, but I don't know, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully uh celiac makes me hotter than the rest of you and while you're eating donuts I can at least feel better than you in that way i'm happy that i'm i'm making the turn in my life to care about my health right physical mental you got to do it out there people don't put it off don't let the little voice in your head tell you don't be a pussy that's what my voice used to say i think i told you guys this story i got a buddy who needs to go to therapy just needs to go. He's, he's had an intense life, we'll say. And I was talking to him, and he's like, I, know, I just I haven't gone for so long. I just, I guess part of me just feels like it's weak to go to therapy. You know, I don't want people to think that of me. And I was like, dude, no one's ever thought about you going to therapy once. Everybody else that we know is just like, <laughs> everybody's just having kids and going to therapy and banging their wives. So if you want to do those things too, you just need to go. Like, no one's ever focusing on you the way you think people are focusing on you. So if you got to do something to get right, it doesn't get easier as you get older, but like, like the sooner, the better that way you get more, you get more years, not living in your own head. That's the goal. And by the way, because of this new meditation kick, I'm on, I got a brand new pre-planned bit. that's going to be a part of the show, unless people hate it, in which case I'll take it off. That's, that's the kind of artist I am. Do you like it? (laughs) It's gone then. Okay, no, it's it's going to be a bit. Whether you now I'm like if you guys hate the bit, now I'm going to have to keep doing it because I've I've painted myself into a corner by saying I don't want to be the type of artist that just gives people what they like. So let me let me start over. I got a new bit. It's based on me meditating for the last 2 weeks, and you're going to listen to it whether you fucking like it or not. It's debuting later in the show, so just strap in and strap on, bitches. Let's get to the first pre-planned bit here. And I want to talk some, uh, oh my God, I forgot the quarterback. Scott Zolak, that's the guy. (laughs) Oh. When we come back, we'll talk some Zolak. And I'll uh, tell you ways you can spend money to help me not have to go back to my day job. Welcome back to another edition of On This Day in Backup History. Today takes us to Atlanta where the Dirty Bird is both a touchdown celebration and an illegal sex act for a big-up quarterback. 
Atlanta Falcons backup quarterback Turk Schoenhardt woke up to a call requesting an interview. Excited for the opportunity, Turk met with the journalist, but was disappointed to find out they had found the name Turk Schoenert in the yellow pages and assumed he was an infamous German loan shark. Disheartened, Turk Schoenert quit football, started living on the streets, and then found work as muscle for local gangster Schmirk Schoenhertz, the most feared loan shark in downtown Atlanta's Little Germany neighborhood. All right, and we're back. couple show notes. Okay, number one, erichelwig.com, the website. I've got something you guys got to hear about. Get this, merchandise. I'm talking coffee mugs. I'm talking T-shirts. I'm talking hoodies. That's it. That's all you can get. And so far, my mom has bought something. No, you know, here's the thing. I always do a thing where I'm like, only my mom buys stuff. You know what? I've sold seven items. Without that much fanfare. Didn't even send out a thing for the newsletter. Hear that? No newsletter, peeps. I sold seven things. And only one of them is a shirt that my mom's wearing. So, booyah! <laughs> I won't make booyah a thing on the show. But I would love to make you guys going to my merch store a thing. I did spend a lot of time. I developed the thing myself. So, I... Came up with a logo, went back and forth with the dude at Bonfire. That's the company that hosts the, um, whatever, the merch store. I set reasonable prices for you. I did some market comparisons. I looked at podcasts that are better than mine and said, what are they doing? So I, I, I did the work, and I'd love for you guys to check it out. All you have to do, ericheloog.com to do that. And while you're on the site, I don't know. Throw this show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. Well, you know, why the fuck not? You're already there. You might see a little Patreon page on my website. What's that? Eric has a Patreon? Not yet, but what I'm doing, I have a waiting list where you can just email me, ericheldwoodcomedy at gmail. Tell me you want the Patreon. And when 20 of you motherfuckers do that, I'll start making bonus content for you. How about that? Boom. All you gotta do, ericheldwood.com. Close out of the porn you're looking at and go to erichelwig.com. Take it off incognito mode so you can save the website and check it out. That email, by the way, erichelwigcomedy at gmail. If you guys have questions about the show, if you have something you want me to talk about, if you want to tell me you think I'm a piece of shit, you can write into that too. Write in. Talk to me. I'm not popular enough to start shunning away the psychos. All right, so if you're a full-on psycho, if you're... If you're waiting outside my bedroom window, licking a knife, watching me and my wife go to sleep, panting heavily, you can still write into Eric Hell with Comedy Gmail, and I will talk to you on the show. That's the level we're at now. You wait a couple months, I can put you to the back of the train. But right now, you write in, it's all you. So be my co-host for a week and write into the show. All right, guys, enough. Let's talk Scott Zolak. The reason you're here, huh? Some Boston guys. Got some Boston guys listening, maybe. I don't know. I did that sports and shit show uh, with Maddie and Schmitty a while ago. Great podcast, sports and shit. Check it out, Apple Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram as well. Very funny guys. Had a great time. Might be going back to do their show uh, in a week or so. But I think I got some Boston fans from that. 
So I don't know. I can't imagine Boston people don't like Scott Zolak, right? Now, hopefully, you're not some of these guys that just like him because he's the voiceover guy. You like him for those years he spent on the bench picking up Drew Bledsoe when he needed a hug. That was Scott. That's what Scott Zolak got paid to do. Just whisper sweet nothings into Drew Bledsoe's ears as he set <laughs> team records that were soon to be immediately sh- uh, shattered by his backup quarterback. But we ain't talking TB12 on this show. He's got enough fanfare. You know who doesn't? Scott Zolak. Scott Zolak. Let's see where he is. I'm on his uh, Wikipedia now. Did I say it right? Wikipedia? Wikipedia. I think I said it right this time. Played quarterback for nine seasons. Eight with the Patriots, one with like the Jets slash Dolphins. Completed 124 of 248 passes. A completion percentage of 50%. Now look, if you're a a quarterback that's starting obvious, you need to be in the 60-65 range to be good to great. But for backup, if you can get above 50%, Throw more touchdowns and interceptions. That's putting you in the, in the greats as far as backups go. Scott Zolak barely, just by the skin of his teeth, exactly dead on 50% career completions. Eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. Boom, Zo. One more TD than pick. I mean, what more do you want from your backup? And finishes with a career passer rating of 64.8%. He was bad. A graduate of Ringgold High School. Uh, and apparently while he was, I guess he was his dad was coaching there or something. And he was a kid. Joe Montana was there. And Joe Montana gave him a football and he like would rub it for good luck before games. Help me hold a clipboard and... Give Drew Bledsoe the best stone cold massage. Stone cold? That's not what I meant. Uh, What do you call it? Stone massage? Hot stone massage. That's what I meant to say. Oof. Anyway. Yeah, drafted by the Patriots in uh, 1991 in the draft. Gets most of his playing time in 1992, right? That's his most productive season statistically. Played in like two games for six years and then played in a playoff game. Took a big donkey dick and then that was the end for him. But let's not skip ahead. Let's start in high school. He's from Pittsburgh. Looks like he played quarterback, punter. He lettered four times. Went to college at University of Maryland. Huh? That's where my family lives now. So it's, it's not where I'm from, but it's where they're in the area of. So I, you know, I'll root for the Terps. I like their throwback uniforms. I got a cool Maryland Terps t-shirt I wear sometimes. Sits out his freshman year. He's a third-string quarterback behind Neil O'Donnell. And then sits out, he's third string again, sophomore season. He can't beat out Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell just has to graduate, and he does. So eventually, Zolak starts his senior year, which is 1990. And Maryland goes, what's their record? 6-5-1 and one in Zolak starts. Which is, uh, you know, it's all right. From, from Maryland, I mean, fuck it. They're, they're not some football powerhouse. He had a couple, like, Cool late game wins, one against Virginia, one against West Virginia. So he beat the colleges that just have like full states as their names, which is cool, you know? You know, like like a Georgia, you know, not like a Georgia State or Georgia Tech. You're like, oh, it's kind of, but like he beat West Virginia. To me in my head, I'm like, that's always the better school, right? If it's Michigan or Michigan State, you want to beat Michigan. 
Michigan State, it's like, yeah, I know Michigan's a state college. It just shows, like, did you name your school second? Give me the school that's got the full state name as the name, right? California versus UCLA or USC. Southern California. Well, actually, USC is a million times better than Cal, but that's not the point. California sounds cool. You guys get it. Oregon. You're like, how long is this part of the podcast going to go? It's going to go for as many states as I can name. (laughs) This show sucks. All right. No, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, I'm going to power through here, and this episode is going to get 58,000 listeners. All right. We're going to keep moving. Won a couple, like, ACC Offensive Player of the Week awards. So I guess that's why he got drafted. I mean, look at his college stats here. He, uh, holy shit, is that, that can't be right. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Guys, this is insane. Okay, so it looks like in college, he threw 10 touchdowns his senior season and 19 interceptions. And then the rating is 104.7. Is the quarterback rating in college, like, is that out of 500? How do you throw twice as many picks as touchdowns? Yeah, his total, look at that career. He has... For all of Maryland, he threw 12 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. Either I, I don't know what to say. This is in the late 80s. Either Wikipedia like has the wrong stats up for his college career, or this is proof they didn't let black guys play quarterback in the late 80s. Cause, like, this is what happens. You got guys throwing twice as many picks as interceptions and then getting drafted in the NFL. How do you, in the, in the fourth round... With 10 touchdowns and 20 picks, that can't be right. I, I'm not going to research it. I'll let you guys research it, you know? put it, Throw it in the Apple Podcast review. If I'm wrong, give me a one star and say, fuck you, he threw 89 touchdowns, you're a piece of shit, and I'll be like, all right, fair enough. Maybe I did get it wrong. Anyway, he somehow gets drafted. And, you know, actually, let me I'll, – I'll correct myself real quick. I think this just might be a thing in college football, like where – Maybe like they just didn't care that guys threw more interceptions because Cleo Lemon was on the podcast. I remember like he was at Arkansas State and he threw five touchdowns and fifty interceptions. And maybe it was much more like who they think will be good in the NFL versus like producing in college, but whatever. I don't know. I'm the farthest thing you're gonna get from an educated NFL connoisseur talking about the game. I just don't know, guys. I like to talk about the uniforms as I readjust my seat here. All right, then he gets on the Patriots. He's like a he's like a fun dude. That's what all his interviews seem like. Just like a fun guy. Barely plays. He has like a couple nice games in '92 at the end of the season. They go two and fourteen. The Patriots do. They're two and two in his starts though. And even though his numbers aren't very good in those. Four starts. They still won two games, right? So he's just like Zolacking it up, like ripping his helmet off and taking bows, like very Coy Detmer esque. If it, for the people that remember the first episode of this podcast, Coy Detmer, Zolak's got a real Coy Detmer streak to him. If you're not gonna play, you might as well have fucking fun. You're only gonna throw the ball 250 times. You better get every. You better squeeze every bit of juice out of that lemon. So yeah, he seems like a he seems like a fun guy. Just hearing that line, he seemed like a fun guy. All real football fans turned off the podcast. They're like, "Why what is why say you're a football podcast?" All right, we're going to fast forward all the way here to the 98 season. 
So at this point, he's been a backup on the Pats for like seven years. Yeah, that's his, or it's eighth year, actually. Bledsoe gets injured, end of the season, so Zolak starts a playoff game against the Jags in Jacksonville and does not play very well. That was his shot. Although I will say, I did watch, you can watch the whole game on YouTube, two and a half hours. I got 30 minutes in. There was a couple plays, though, early in the game where the Pats are getting down. They say it's an incomplete pass, but they do the replay, and it's a completed pass, but there's no instant replay. So, I don't know, guys. A couple calls here or there. Maybe Zolak leads the Pats to a playoff berth. Maybe Scott Zolak is the next Tom Brady. He's playing at 45 years old. It's possible. It's not likely because he wasn't very good, but it's possible. Confidence is a weird thing. I remember I was watching a video. It was like Giovanni Carmizzi, some guy that they uh, the, the 49ers drafted in front of Tom Brady. And they, they were playing in like a preseason game. And it was Brady against Giovanni on the 49ers who got drafted in front of him. And the Patriots like blitzed him a bunch, and so he got scared. And I saw Mariucci, the coach, go, I think that game rattled him. He never really recovered. And I was like, from a preseason game? Jesus. It's like them saying Carson Wentz can't be a big city quarterback. It's like, good luck in the NFL then. So, like, I don't know. Like, maybe, who knows? Maybe Zolak, if he had gotten those calls in the first quarter, could have been a better quarterback. Do you you feel me stretching? Do you feel the logic, the the tendons pulling? So, yeah, that's the end of it for him. He he gets one more season, uh, signed by the Jets, cut, goes to the Dolphins, throws four incomplete passes, he's done. I think he had a chance to go play on another team. Yeah, it was the Lions in 2000. Like, he could have gone and backed up in Detroit, but then he just decided to start being a being a Patriots announcer, which obviously worked out way better than his NFL career. He's, like, hugely successful. When you YouTube Scott Zolak, it's all great broadcasting calls, and he's you associate his voice with a lot of the Tom Brady years in the latter part of his career in New England with with great Zolak energy. And then all of his, like, football highlights are, like, ironically put together by Patriots fans later being like, look at how much the guy we love sucked. But he's a, he's a, he is a great announcer. Got some kids. He, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. He got, he got to go to a bunch of Super Bowls and shit. He's a good-looking dude. That's the end of that. He kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, who's the guy from Moneyball? You know, the guy that, like, uh, the Oakland A, Billy Bean, right? He's got the shitty team. They play in that decrepit stadium in Oakland where, like, you know, players are just, like, shitting in left field and nobody notices. Just like a dump. But he's like, I'm going to find a way to make it work. That's what Scott Zolak did, right? Didn't really have the career he would have wanted in the game, but he found a way afterwards to stay in the game. I love it. It's a good lesson for all of you failures out there. It's like maybe you won't fail when you turn 40. Also, that could be false hope. Maybe some of you are just destined to fail, and I shouldn't be enabling you to keep doing the things you're doing. So I don't know. Just decide for yourself if this is helpful. Let's go to our next pre-planned bit. If you want something done right, you need to do it yourself. Unless it's telling your audience how to support your podcast, because that shit gets old real quick. I think you should outsource it. And that's what I've done. Welcome to my friends and family plug my show. These are real people with real reasons why you should support me. I hope you listen. I hope you hear. And I do hope you support. 
Hi, I'm comedian Rob Stern. Let's talk about Eric, because God forbid we don't talk about Eric for five seconds. Like every friend I've made in Hollywood, Eric has no problem using me for his own personal gain, which is why he asked me to cut this promo. So here goes. Eric needs your help, guys. He's mentally unwell, and all he needs to fix himself is the attention he never got as a child. You can help out by subscribing to his newsletter, Think Suicide Note, but less funny. You can also provide him with the praise he desperately needs by writing a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really want to help a sick man, just make sure to follow him on social media, at Eric Helwig. That's at the Rob Stern to hook my friend Rob Stern up with a follow. He works very hard at his tweets, everybody. You don't want to miss him, at the Rob Stern. Tell him bring in the backup sent you, and he'll block you. Thank you to uh, the Schmidt Sharing Show. I, I I got on with those guys. It's like a like military vets that like uh, now they have a show where they do Would You Rather, and it's like a real dirty show. So I went on and forced them to talk about therapy for twenty minutes. I just thought it would be funny to make them do the opposite of their show. <laughs> And uh, it comes out on Wednesday, actually. So if you're listening to this the day I released it, it's not out yet. So it's so it's next. It's the day after. What day is that? What what number? What's a number? What's a day? What month is it? What year is it? Today's the 15th I'm recording. This gets dropped on the 16th. The Schmidt sharing show that I did will be on the 17th. So there it is. Okay. I just had to, just had to click a button on my computer and it was right there. I've had to talk about being too, getting too angsty, watching commercials and stuff. It's just like I miss stand-up, you know? Like, that's what it is. I haven't had my creative outlet for a year, so all these things that would be bothering me a little bit in life that I'm, like, freaking out about. I'm like, why am I yelling at commercials when I watch 24 with my wife? So that's our binge show right now, 24. Right now we're watching 24 and Frasier. And... Shoot me in the head if I get to mash. Okay, that means I, I I can't do any more binging. This just needs to be done. I'm done. I've some people, some Republicans or conserv Trumpers, whatever, were like a week in. They're like, I can't do it anymore. I need my freedom. And I was like, Come on, guys, you can do it. It's been a week. But now I've now I've it's gone a year. And now when I wake up, I listen to the Star Spangled Banner and go outside and cough in people's faces. It needs to be done. I can't go any longer. <laughs> I need the vaccine. I need to move on with my life. I'm losing it. Okay, I, can't, I haven't done stand-up for a, a year. I'm, I'm literally, I'm getting furious at a Geico commercial where it's like this chick is on a motorcycle and she's like singing on the motorcycle. Already, I'm like, please let this motorcycle careen off the road and off the mountain into a gully. I hate it. I hate it. All. Why is she happy? Why is she happy riding a motorcycle right now? But then it's like it's revealed that she's actually in the motorcycle shop and she's just like she got carried away in the moment and it, employees are looking at her and she's like, oh, awkward. And then the employees start singing the song awkwardly to make her feel better. And then they all start dancing and singing the song together and it's real positive. And I'm like, fuck you, Geico. Your employees making fucking minimum wage have to dance around. When some idiot customer starts daydreaming at the desk. How about you go, hey, lady, stop singing. I'm at my shitty job. This isn't fucking Cold Stone. You've got some rocky road in your belly. Fuck that, all right? Move it along. There's somebody behind you. They're, 
Why is the customer always right? I hate it. I hate the I hate the commercial. It drives me insane. And for some reason, IMDb TV, where we're streaming 24, just keeps playing the same commercial over and over. So I'm watching Jack Bauer rip the nutsack off of a terrorist, and then I'm watching this dumbass lady make employees sing at their shitty jobs, and I'm like, this is not the relaxing experience 24 should be. All right, 24 is a show about torture working when cool people do it. That's what I want to be focusing on, not a fucking Geico ad. I need the vaccine. I got my dog a vaccine, though. My dog had to get uh, some vaccines, so we took him to the vet. Oh, my God, my dog's so fucking cute. The The lady brings my dog out because, you know, we just park in the parking lot. But the lady brings the dog out, and she's like, I can tell he likes people. And we're like, why? She goes, well, you know, he growled at me, but then he gave me a kiss. <laughs> my dog hates going to the vet. But he's still mid-growl. If the doctor gets close, he'll still try to kiss them. Like, he'd give them a lick. Like, he's so sweet. He's so fucking sweet. God damn, he's better. He's the best creature I know. I was reading a thing about pit bulls. Like, if you're going to adopt a dog, you actually should adopt a pit bull from a shelter because they're the most likely dogs to be sweet because people just hate them because of what the breed is. They don't give them a chance, so you're so much more likely to get a diamond-in-the-rough dog with this great temperament if you get a pit bull at a shelter. If you see Lassie in there, it's because Lassie ate five kids. That's why Lassie would be there. These fucking golden retrievers are born on third base. Pit bulls have had to claw for everything they get love-wise in their life. Adopt a pit bull. Adopt a pit bull. I got in a fight with a friend, a buddy, who will rename... Nameless, rename, remain, remain nameless. But he called pit bulls inherently vicious. To me, he, I have a pit bull. He said that to me. Dude, I like ripped off my shirt. I was like, I'm about to be innately vicious and rip your fucking face off, dude. I'll come through this Zoom call right at you. Yeah, so then we had to like get off the Zoom call we were on and then get onto a private Zoom call where I then had to guilt him for three hours until he's like, okay, I'll say socially complicated from now on. I'm like, that's right, you will. You know what I think? I think there's nothing more obnoxious than language policing and like being like, that word hurts. Except if it's about my dog, in which case I'm woker than anybody else. <laughs> Wokeness annoys me unless it's about my dog, in which case I'll talk, I'll talk you under the table with what has socially constructed my dog's reality, all right? It's just, it's just how you treat the dog, man. You got to treat the dog well. Pitbulls measure, by the way, in temperament. I'll have you all know this. They're like the best temperament dog you can get besides like, I think it's like a lab. Inherently vicious. I should, I should name who said it, right? I should name names. That's <laughs> what I didn't get about that whole royal family thing is when she was saying like they said that, you guys remember, do you guys know the royal family stuff? I'm late on, I'm late to the uptake now because it happened two weeks ago, right when I released the last episode. But she's like, somebody said this thing about my baby. I was like, well, who? Who, who was it? But you keep it vague. It's like, oh, I guess the whole family's racist, which it probably is. But like, if it's a real person that said it, just name the person. 
So that annoyed me, but then now I'm not naming my person. So it's like, you know, I get it. I don't know. Keep it vague. But then it's like we got to play a game of guess who. I saw a thing that, like, the next day Prince Harry was going, like, well, it wasn't my dad or wasn't my brother. I was like, is, is it, are we literally playing guess who? Like, was he wearing a hat? Did he have a mustache? Like, oh, my God, that story. It's like anybody who's that surprised that, like, a family that's been, like, fucking their cousins for 20,000 years to <laughs> keep the bloodline. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a shocker, Oprah. Oprah always gets her cut, man. Whatever's happening in the world, <laughs> Oprah's got to get her slice. And then that dude shitting on his family like that. I mean, fucking talk about an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? Well, I guess they won't have Thanksgiving dinner, will they? No, because they're British. <laughs> so they, they won't even have Thanksgiving dinner to be awkward over it. Man, I tell you, that's why America's the greatest country in the world is because we have Thanksgiving now. I always hate that when, like, smarmy liberals will be like, oh, yeah, is America really the greatest country? You know, uh, Argentina has a better rate of blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, dude, here's what also happens in Argentina. I got to watch the Super Bowl at, like, 3 a.m. All the signs are in a different fucking language, and there's no Thanksgiving. USA. USA. I can only listen to people's problems when they live in castles for so long. Really. I mean, it's like, unless someone's getting beheaded. I mean, that's what the royal family used to do. In defense of Megan, in defense of Megan, you used to behead chambermaids for sneezing during dinner. So I think the royal family has a history of bullying. Maybe she's just fitting right on into that. But good for Oprah, man. You know, she, Oprah always finds a way to just elbow her way in. <laughs> you know, I think all the cousin fucking in the royal family is like a real thing. You know, like they really did date in their own family, which kind of makes me think maybe Woody Allen should be in the royal family, right? Because like everybody's talking about his doc now. And like the, the thing that we know, know is that he married his daughter, right? You know, he can't make movies here anymore, but like you go put out a movie a year, just show it in the royal palace. I mean, it seems like you got an audience there. If you still want to watch Manhattan... Get Woody in the royal family. Oh, God, that doc. It's weird to me that they divided it into, like, eight parts. They're like, and next week, will that be the week we see him make his daughter suck his thumb? Whatever. (laughs) Can you just give it to me in one thing? Like, I don't like when people, like, tiptoe into the pool. You know, they're like, I'll go one inch at a time until the pool's closed, and at that point I'll put my head under. I just like to jump in. Cannonball, in. It's cold water. Now I'm fine. Okay, if I'm going to watch a child molestation doc, can we get it down to three hours? Can we make it a one-sitting event? I don't want to keep coming back to it. I don't want to write child molestation doc into my planner and be like, all right, see you next Friday. Just get me in, get me out. I love all those. It's like I feel bad for the celebrities, right? Apparently all the people doing Woody Allen movies for the last 30 years couldn't Google him until six weeks ago. They're, they're perfectly fine to lecture us at the Golden Globes, but, you know, what can you say? When Woody Allen calls, you make the movie. Here's the thing. There's court documents that are open to the public. You can just read them. You can read what he said he did. You can read his defense. And then the criticism of the doc is that it doesn't present any of his side, which it doesn't. So it's like, can't I think he's guilty and think one-sided docs suck? 
I think he did it, and I think the doc is probably a piece of shit if it doesn't present any of the other side. Two things can be true at the same time. No, that's, that's, that's what's crazy about the Woody Allen stuff is like, it's not news. It's not news. You can just read what happened in court. People don't want to read shit, okay? They want someone to put plunky piano music behind it and go do, 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 and let them tell you the story. But I would encourage you guys, if you have an extra second, to just read up on Woody Allen. You don't really need the doc to decide that uh, maybe everybody shouldn't have been making movies with him for the last three decades. Just my take. What a who, who am I? I'm just a guy that read in a court document that Woody Allen made his daughter suck his thumb. And that would have been enough for me to say, I'm going to pass on Blue Jasmine. All right, you're like, we get your point, Eric. Look, I don't know how many of my uh, listeners have kids out there, but I had this realization the other day that all my angst, all my complaining about how I've been feeling in quarantine, it really does not compare to my friends who have kids. That's the truth. Is like people who have kids who've been teaching their kids for a year. Anybody, anybody who doesn't live in Florida or Texas and has children has gone completely insane. And so I want to help those people right now, okay, because I have a new segment on this show called Deep Breaths, all right, and I'm going to debut it right now, and I want you guys to take it in. I, want it, I hope it helps with what people are feeling right now because I've found meditation in the last two weeks has been helpful for me, and doing it five times in two weeks has made me an expert to the level where I can lead other people in the practice, and that's what I'm going to be doing on this show. So I hope you're in a place where you can uh, – you can sit calmly where you can be with yourself. If you're with a, a spouse or a loved one, I'll give you a minute here to kick them out of the room. Get them out. Don't be nice about it. Kick them out. All right, and we're alone. So with that, let's enjoy a, a new pre-planned bit. Bring in the backups presents Deep Breath, a practice of mindfulness and meditation. Welcome. I'm your spiritual guide, Eric. While observing my breath, think of me as air. Ick. And a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Notice that when you breathe, your belly expands and contracts. Feel your belly rise and fall. Observe your belly. Belly. Belly's a funny word. My belly is fucking huge right now. Goddamn lockdowns. I don't know whether I should hate Texas or move there. I I swear to God, if I do one more Zoom comedy show, I'm going to gouge my eyes out with my own cock. I guess I'll move there. Who gives a shit? I'm a comedian openly annoyed with woke culture, all right? The only jobs right now for me are writing on Bill Maher, driving Joe Rogan's kids to fucking soccer practice. And a deep breath in. And a deep breath. 
just breathe. Hopefully that helped everybody who's been dealing with some uh, some mental health issues during the, the pandemic. <laughs> I'm not kidding about people with kids. Every Zoom call I've had with a friend who has kids, it looks like they were crying right up until they hit video on their Zoom call. Like everybody seems like it's it's just been too long. So I'm that's why I'm hoping I know everybody's like, fuck Texas, fuck Texas. At least in the place that I live. But I'm like, let's just let's see how this goes. If it's a month and everybody in Texas is doing good, um I don't really give a fuck whose idea it was. If it's working, one of the nice things about having 50 states is, you know, somebody's always willing to go first. Someone's, Texas is either leading the way or taking the bullet. Either way, I'm like, I'm watching intently. I'm like Walker, Texas Ranger. When the eyes of the Ranger are upon you. I'm like Walker, Texas Ranger. But again, to the RoboCop thing before, if I was way out of shape, couldn't defeat anybody, but I'm just kind of watching and reading articles about your COVID rates, if that was Walker, Texas Ranger, that's what I'm doing. I'm watching Texas. My eyes are on you. I talked about Zoom comedy shows in the uh, deep breath segment too, which I, I can't stop saying yes to. By the way, I'll be at Flappers virtually on the 19th if anybody wants to check that out. EricHellwick.com for tickets. I can't stop saying no because I'm like, at least it's, a, it's something. I mean, I'm sending in my veils. This thing is like I'm past at that club, Flappers, so I send in my veils every week, and I've been doing that for a while. So once I started doing virtual shows, I was like, it's weird because it's like virtual avail. So it's basically me being like, yes, I'll stop masturbating for an hour at some point <laughs> to whisper my jokes into my MacBook while my wife makes dinner in the background. Every club, every club that does, like, the virtual stuff, they always go, like, it's better if you stand up and, uh, you know, have a microphone, you know, something in your hand to simulate, like, you're in stage. And I'm like, yeah, I don't miss stand-up enough to stand up on a Zoom call. Like, it's going to be – I've already compromised myself by saying yes to a Zoom show. So that's (laughs) – everything else is going to be me in a chair, and you're lucky if I'm wearing a shirt. And you see some comics, they like they go all out, right? They make like they they like, make a whole background set behind them, and they make it look like a comedy club, and they have a little like plaque that's like perfectly in the shot of the camera that has their Instagram handle and stuff. And I'm like, that is directly related to how long you haven't been doing comedy. Like if you're brand new in comedy, you've gotten really good at Zoom shows. That's what's going on. I highly encourage people that are getting really good at Zoom shows to get really good at something else. Get really good at podcasting. Get really good at making sketches. I, I'd say the same thing about TikTok, but I think that one might come back and bite me in the ass. Maybe people should be getting good at TikTok, but part of me feels like when we're losing World War Three, we're going to be like, TikTok didn't help. It's made to lock you. I know all social media is supposed to lock you in. The people I've talked to that do TikTok, they're like, yeah, you know, I sat down. You know, I was just going to, like, look at it for a second. I woke up, and uh, there was a different president, and I had a beard. It's like it, it brings you in for, like, three days. All right. Who's still listening to this? What? This thing 
appears to people online like it's going to be a sports podcast. It clearly is not. It's just me losing my mind during COVID. But I'm going to be honest. If I don't see growth, I'm going to take a job at my dad's company working for a defense contractor and move back to the East Coast. Is that what you want to hear? That's actually like right now my mom has tears of joy coming. As, as I say that in jest, my family that listens is very happy that I'll be coming back to the East Coast. So make my family unhappy and make this show a success so I keep pursuing my dream. Enable me, people. You heard the my friends and family bit. EricHelwig.com. Support the merch store. Review this show. Five stars on Apple Podcast. Write into me. Say, Eric, we can tell you're starting to slowly get red-pilled. Let me pull you back with some nice articles that prove liberal points. Whatever you want to do, guys, I'm open to it. Eric Helwig Comedy at Gmail. EricHelwig.com. Thank you very much. And I'm, I'm ending it like I'm on stage. And, all right, I'll say our next comic is going to be blah, blah. <laughs> No, it's, it's a podcast. I'm going to go make dinner for me and my wife right now. So with that, have a great two weeks. Thanks for listening to the show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this free episode. To help me keep more episodes coming, here's how you can support the show. Go to erichelwig.com where you can follow my social media, join my newsletter, and check out my merch store. Wherever you're listening, make sure to subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show five stars. Lastly, my Patreon page is coming in 2021. If you're interested, email erichelwigcomedy at gmail.com to join the waitlist. Future members at the $5 a month level will get weekly episodes, tickets to my stand-up, merch giveaways, bonus content from my other comedy projects, and more. Again, just email erichelwigcomedy at gmail.com and join the waitlist.